This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Ren Wadsworth. And I'm Maximus Hunter. And we're joined in studio by our awesome sports reporter, Dixon Lawson. We've got a great show coming up for you today. First, I'm going to do a little bit of campus news, and Dixon's going to do some sports news. Then, we have Anna from the National Intercollegiate Rodeo Association, and she's going to be talking with us about the rodeo. Um, then, after that, uh, we're all, uh, Anna included, going to talk about Colorado's new, um, new, what, what would you call it, a law? Would you call it a... Um... So there's a debate going around if Colorado's going to start allowing colleges to pay their um, athletes, which is something that passed in the legislature in California recently, actually. And we would actually like to raise that question to our viewers and our listeners as well. Um, if they think it's appropriate to start paying college athletes or if they think it could lead to more uh, problems down the road. So if you have any answer to that, go ahead and text us at 970-491-5278. That number again is 970-491-5278. Or you can reach out to us on our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at KCSUFM. Yeah, um, we take questions on all of those. Also worth noting that uh, later tonight we will be having Lady Denim in the studio, not us in the RMR, but for our live in studio. So if you want to see more about that, you can check it out on the social media pages too. Um, but first, uh, I think we should do some uh, local news, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually going to be sorry, campus, campus news. news. That's that's my bad. All right, if you want to take it away, Max. Absolutely. So, hi, my name is Maximus Hunter, and this is your campus news for Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU-FM, Fort Collins. The first ever Colorado State International Symposium is seeking submissions and proposals for events ideas. The symposium is an opportunity for CSU to demonstrate our global engagement and show people the things that CSU does worldwide. Event ideas are welcome from students and faculty. Each event should be about an hour long. Topics can cover anything with international engagement. This could be in education, languages, science, engineering, the arts, or really anything else. Events can be in any style, be it a presentation, roundtable panel, interactive workshop, and they're even asking for game submissions. To submit a proposal, you can go to international.colostate.edu. That's international.colostate.edu. The symposium will be taking place next year on February 25th. For assistance writing a proposal, you can contact Diana Galliano at diana.galliano at rams.colostate.edu or 970-491. Three three two three. Once again, for assistance writing a proposal, you can contact Diana Galliano at diana.galliano at rams.colostate.edu or 970-491-3323. The submission deadline for the symposium is October 31st, so make sure to get your submissions in by then. William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens at the University Center for the Arts tomorrow, October 4th. The release describes the play as William Shakespeare's classic, first performed around 1596, is one of the Bard's most beloved plays. For centuries, audiences have enjoyed this comic fantasy about lovers who find themselves bewitched by fairies and suffering strange love experiences. Portraying the events surrounding the marriages of Theseus to Hippolyta, an Athenian weaver who is transformed into a donkey-headed monster, and the antics of Oberon and Titania, the fairy king and queen, A Midsummer Night's Dream is an artful examination of love jealousy, and marriage, and is a delightful evening, full of wit and magical surprises. Colorado State Theater hasn't put on A Midsummer Night's Dream since 2009, and this interpretation will be a little different. Not only will the players be on a new stage, 
But director Walt Jones claims that the team cut out stuff that makes the interpretation hard and brought the total length of the play to about an hour and a half. If you'd like to purchase tickets to CSU's theaters A Midsummer Night's Dream, you can find them at csuartstickets.com, that's csuartstickets.com, or at the University Center for the Arts box office, where they will be selling the tickets one hour before curtain. Colorado State University spent a whopping $6.3 million more million on research this fiscal year than last year. And before you think that sounds small, that's $398.5 million. Fiscal year 2019, which ended on June 30th, saw us spending almost $100 million more than we did in 2009. Not only does this mean that CSU is doing more research than ever, but this continues a trend of growth that's been happening over the last five years. Since 2014, Colorado State has increased our research spending by more than a quarter. Not only that, we've seen about an equal 25% gain in the rewards given to our university. That means the size of our research proposals have grown as well. Uh, we get about 26% more proposals coming out of CSU since 2014. We actually requested more than $1.3 billion of funding in this last fiscal year alone. The growth doesn't stop there. 70% of our funding is from federal sources, including the Department of Defense. The DOD has upped our funding from last year to $92.3 million, making defense about 23% of our total funding. We've also made more money off awards than any year ever before, landing a $128 million renewal from the Department of National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. With your campus news, my name has been Maximus Hunter, and you're listening to the RMR here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Thanks for that, Max. No problem. It's a lot of money talk. That is a lot of money talk. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but after that, we're going to head back to our interview with Anna. And then we're going to have Dixon give us a little bit of sports news. And then we're going to head back with our roundtable about Colorado debating whether or not colleges should be able to pay their um, athletes. And again, we wanted to ask that question to you, you listeners. Um, if you thought that it was appropriate for colleges to begin paying their athletes or if you thought that it was a bad decision. So if you have any input on that, go ahead and text us at 970-491-5278. But right now, we're going to take a break. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And I'm Maximus Hunter. We are joined in studio by our sports reporter, Dixon Lawson. And we are very lucky today to have Anna here with the National Intercollegiate Rodeo Association. You want to introduce yourself, Anna? Hey, so uh, thank you guys for having me first. Um, second, I am a freshman here at CSU, and I am a competing member with the Colorado State rodeo team and it has been a whirlwind of a fall semester so far awesome well we just have a few questions about it for you um first of all how does the national intercollegiate rodeo association uh differ from other other rodeos so the nira acronym for national intercollegiate rodeo association is not a pro rodeo but it allows college students to compete since prca's pro rodeo circuit association kind of is a year-round thing and it's really hard for us students to make it to all of those rodeos therefore we 
make time and so do other colleges to put on our own rodeos. And actually, Colorado State University was the first intercollegiate rodeo to actually put on a rodeo here in the country. And that happened in 1950, believe it or not. Huh. So um, it's a step towards going pro. So what does the path to going pro look like? Exactly. So I started rodeoing my sixth grade year at the National High School circuit. And I've been do I did that for approximately six years before I came to college. So that started in sixth grade and went all the way up to high school. And most of the pros you'll find today have done that as well. It's basically it's step by steps, just like the football team, just like the NFL. So you take all these steps, you grow, you learn, you go through horses, you go through all these different events, you find out what you love, you find out what you do best, and you just keep growing on that. And college is the step kind of right before the PCRA. Right. And so you brought up some other athletes like football players. Um, so I'm interested in how you actually train um, to be part of this. Yeah, so I started riding when I was about three years old, and I trained my first barrel horse when I was in seventh grade. Cute little bay horse, <laughs> brown and black, funny little guy. Um, <laughs> so I trained him for about five years. He was my goat tying horse, my barrel racing horse, and my pole bending horse almost all throughout high school. Oh. Yeah, it was a definitely whirlwind of an experience but you definitely learn a lot and it gives you a lot of responsibility especially at such a young age gotcha so uh what events do you do and what are some of the uh, other events that happen in the nira yeah so i compete in barrel racing it's a three leaf clover pattern and it is a timed event so you want to be as fast as possible <laughs> so a three-leaf clover pattern means the horse is running in the shape of a three-leaf clover? Exactly. So you can start at going to the left or going to the right, whichever you think your horse is better at. And most of us go to the right. Gotcha. Um, what other kinds of events are there? So we also have bull riding, breakaway roping, which is an all-girls event. What is breakaway roping? So I also compete in breakaway. It's not what barrel racing is by far my favorite, just because I like the adrenaline rush. Um, <laughs> yeah. So breakaway is a little bit like team roping. You're going to start out in the healing box with the calf right in the chute. Uh, you're gonna have your breakaway rope actually tied onto your horn with a nylon string that's gonna be a neon a neon color, and you're gonna nod your head. And the calf is going to go running out of the chute. And you want to catch right up to the calf's hip as soon as possible. Throw your rope, pull your slack, and let the rope go. And it should just click right off your saddle. And then they stop the timer in whichever time is the fastest. Man, you're going to get paid today. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you ever win? Yeah, so I competed at my local rodeos for 15 years now, starting out, you know, just doing the young kids event, chasing calves with ribbons on their tails, riding some sheep around. That was pretty cool. I did that as a kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> didn't go so well for me. <laughs> Neither. It didn't for me either. I'm not a bull rider. Thankful for that. <laughs> it's a tough job. Yes, sir. So as it is with any kind of athletics or really any kind of Thing that takes your time there are sacrifices that have to be made whether it's your time or something else so what kind of sacrifices do you have to make to be in the rodeo 
Yeah, so I have definitely sacrificed some time away from my family, including my younger brother, traveling a lot, you know, especially if you're going to compete out of state, such as the NIRA level and the PCRA. You really have to make out that time and the time commitment just for training, too. Um, you learn family is very val valuable. Whenever you do get to spend time with them, you know, you take every moment in whenever you do do that. Um, a lot of us sacrifice our health, you know, especially bull riders. They have a really tough time. There's a lot of time recovering, a little time competing. You know, you're only on a bull for eight seconds, and most of the time people will get hurt, and it's also a lot of money to pay for all the entry fees, all the fuel, just getting out of state, back in state, you know. It's, it's a lot of sacrifices, money-wise, time-wise, health-wise. So I haven't been to a rodeo in uh, longer than I care to admit, but I do know that uh, the people at the rodeo are a pretty tight-knit community. What's the culture like in the, uh, in the NIRA? Yeah, so we are a very tight-knit community. Everyone knows everyone about everything. You know, that can be a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing. But especially, you know, I've had incidences driving up to a rodeo and shoot, man, my truck just broke down. And you see someone flying by you, you see them coming right back, and they'll pick you and your horse up. You know, we're That's a big nice. family. We support each other. It's it's really, you. even though you are competing, you're competing with your team, and you're competing with other teams as well. You're all competing for the same thing, and I think that's what brings us close together. So real quick, uh, do you mind if I ask a quick question? Yeah, go ahead. So I, I had some friends growing up who uh, competed in the high school rodeo, um, and so then you know I've talked to them about how the jump between high school and college rodeo was. So in your experience, what was the difference, or I guess what was the biggest jump or change between high school-level rodeo and college-level rodeo? Yeah, so the biggest jump, you know, I would say is there's a lot of older people that you're competing with. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm only a freshman. I'm only 18 years old, and some of them are up to 23, 24 years old, and they have a lot more time. They have a lot more effort that they've been putting into it, you know, and it's kind of hard to step up to that level at first, you know, and We've actually been very fortunate, our team. We have some really good freshman girls that are stepping up, especially Cedar Corp. Man, I have to give her a huge shout-out because she actually just made it to the short go twice, and this was her first wow. college rodeo. That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's, a, you know, for any uh, – for people who don't follow her, that is a huge accomplishment to make the short go twice, especially Exactly. As a yes, sir. Wow. Uh, could, could you actually explain a little more about what that means for those of us uh, uninitiated? Yeah, of course. So Thanks. you're going to have a long go and different slacks. So basically, it's just whenever you go up and you'll be competing against 80 members that same day, and you're going to pick the 10 fastest times of all those slacks put together, and they're going to run up against each other always on Sundays. And you're going to next pick the top three, and those three are going to get points for your team. So right now, Colorado State University has definitely been competitive within the points team, and we're very fortunate for that. We've done a lot of growing the past couple of years. That's awesome. And then, so along with uh, sacrifices that have to be made um, for sports and in the rodeo, there's also dangers that come along with your health and really anything. So what are some of the dangers of being in collegiate ro rodeo? Yeah, so some of the dangers, you know, right back to that bull riding. It's not a matter of if, but when you get hurt, and it's a matter of how bad. And with any sport, you know, you're going to have all those sacrifices. And 
Danger is definitely a big one. I mean, I have gotten hurt myself, you know, whether it's totally squirping off, getting on, getting off your horse, you know, for your goat get off, or whether you're going into third barrel just hauling butt and you nail your knee right into that barrel and cut it wide open. Um, I've known some girls that have torn their MCLs, ACLs from it, you know, and it puts them right out of the sport for a good couple of years if if they ever even rodeo again. So it's it's a tough competition. <laughs> so to put yourself through that kind of risk, you're probably having a lot of fun to make it worthwhile. Do you have any uh, stories from your times at the rodeo that you think would be fun to share? Oh, yeah, I've got some fun stories, some danger ones. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Um, one time I was going in the third barrel again and my bridle broke. <laughs> so that's the part that goes over the horse's head, you know, that's how yeah. you control them. Well, my, my bridle broke and my horse tripped over it and man, it was a muddy mess. And we oh, go no. face first into the dirt and he scorpions, I scorpion and he rolls right on top of me. Man, that was not fun. Yep. I've gotten flown going around second. Sounds intense. Oh, yeah. Lots of running in the mud. <laughs> Would you mind explaining that term for me, scorpion? Oh, yeah. So that's pretty much whenever you go face first in the dirt and your head doesn't move, but your feet go right over your head. Oh, like it a scorpion's bends, tail. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bends I, it back I'm actually the wrong surprised way. you guys have never heard that even just in other sports. Like, no. I, I might have, but, you know. Did maybe you, some I, of our no, listeners have You've haven't. met me, Dixon. Do I look like I play sports where that would happen? <laughs> you did color guard. You tell me you never scorpion in color guard before? No, not on purpose. I would hope not. <laughs> or, well, not, not on purpose, actually. Anyway. Um, so you mentioned to us before the uh, show today that you, you train animals. What kind of animals do you train, and what's your process like? Yeah, so I stick with quarter horses. Most of our rodeo horses are going to be quarter horses. It's just a breed. Um Training horses, you know, you can start them off young, you can start them off old. You can all, in this case, you can always teach an old dog new tricks. You know, <laughs> I, the first horse that I trained, I got him when he was 12 years old, and I trained him to do all the events in the sport of rodeo. And that took a good seven years or so, and it was a lot of time and effort put into it. Most of the barrel horses you see around here, they'll be bred to run, and they'll start training around two and They'll start competing whenever they're roughly four years old, and you can tell that it kind of takes a toll on their body, but, man, those suckers are fast. <laughs> wow. Right on. And then what's something you've learned, maybe not necessarily skill-wise, but maybe almost culturally from being in rodeo? Yeah, so, man, I've learned a lot. Responsibility is most certainly a big one. You know, I came down here to Fort Collins from Aspen, Colorado, and I brought two of my mares down here. It's a female horse, by the way. <laughs> and I also brought one of my geldings. And, man, you know, between schoolwork and just traveling and all that, it's it's a big responsibility. I feed my own horses, you know, clean their stalls, pay for their feed. It's a huge responsibility, and it's got to be one that you know you're going to be prepared for, especially if you're going to just get started. you got to know what you're getting yourself into. It's a great life lesson no matter what you're doing. Um, so if anyone listening was interested in getting involved in the rodeo now, uh, either as at an NIRA level or just as an amateur, what would you have to say to them? So I would definitely say, go watch a couple rodeos, go watch some cutting, go get yourself out there. We have our Skyline Stampede Rodeo. It's actually the 70th anniversary of it. Fun hmm. fact for all y'all. 
So we have, it's the 70th anniversary and it's going to be April 3rd through the 5th and we love our volunteers. You know, we couldn't put on these shows without them and all our non-competing members out there who go to rodeos and take pictures of us, video us barrel racers because you know we're picky. <laughs> you know, we're very appreciative of everyone who comes to support, just to watch, just to be a flag person, just to even show up and pay entries. You know, it's it's a huge commitment, but we are most certainly grateful for all of y'all. And if you really want to get involved, that is a great way. And you can most certainly contact us at Colorado State University Rodeo Team at gmail.com. And we love everyone. We welcome everyone. I've never met a team that is so welcoming to all of their new members, such as CSU. And I've been very grateful to be a part of such an amazing team. And our coach, actually, last year, he... Well, he was voted the best rodeo coach in the state. Wow, so, that's awesome. Yeah, we're going for that <laughs> title again. We're super proud of him. You know, he keeps us all in line. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Anna. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Um, we're going to be right back, and we're actually going to have Anna back for a little roundtable discussion after the break. we just like to pose the question to you listeners once again. Uh, do you think that college athletes should be paid? Um or do you think they should not be paid? Let us know what you think at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. Or on our social medias at KCSUFM. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. I'm Maximus Hunter, and we are joined in studio by our awesome sports reporter, Dixon Lawson, as well as our last guest... Yeah, I'm Anna Lassiter again, and just hanging out for the roundtable discussion. Oh, yeah. All right, so today we're actually going to be talking about how Colorado is, um, Colorado senators are debating about whether or not they should start um, allowing uh, college administrators to begin paying their athletes. And part of the reasoning for this is because California already does it. It's gotten uh, some success, some... um, follow through with it some attention yeah um so we just wanted to talk about some pros and cons about that and we've actually already gotten um a text from one of our listeners yeah we did yeah so jen um if you want to read that off yeah absolutely so uh jen uh, was tuning in for a few minutes and heard the conversation around people who play on uh as she describes unnecessary to life game football uh jen says they need to get paid money uh, the, 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 she says that we're talking about that they need to get paid money. And Jen is a 7th grade ELA teacher in Greeley who just had an exhausting day with her ninos and is very irritated. She says, pay student teachers. Pay any interns. A new form of cultural indentured labor. Or pay my student loans that I had to take out to pay rent and buy food. Ah, cheers. Which is a honestly excellent point. If we're considering paying college athletes, why aren't we considering giving more money to our student teachers, to our to our educational system in general? There's a lot of places money could be going, but why right. should I the guess, state choose that we should be spending more of it on sports? As as like a, a, a sports guy, <clears throat> and also like um, I'm an economics major, um, there, there's a lot more at play than just um, you know paying somebody a certain amount of money. Yeah, you're paying student athletes, but then everything else behind that the colleges that where you go to get 
um, you know, your education, most of that funding comes from sports, whether it's just even ticket admissions. It's, you know, we get paid a bunch of money to go play bigger schools. Um, and, and so it's a lot of different things that come into the athletics part. It's not that we're just wanting to pay athletes just to play the sport. They are also representing, you know, CSU. They're representing um, all these all these colleges and, and, you know, they're not getting paid. They're not really – I mean, they're getting paid in an education, which some people argue is enough pay. But what about – they can't work, you know, if you have sports. How are you supposed to pay for your day-to-day stuff? Yeah, well, well, I, yeah I was going to argue that a lot of people would come after this saying, well, they – especially uh, college football um, athletes get a higher scholarship than most other students – so it kind of raises the question of, well, why isn't that pay enough? And you raise the question, well, I mean, they can't, they can't work, but it's pretty hard to get a job. Or I mean, okay, I, well, I should say they can't. Well, it's they, just... yeah, but there are other students who are in other athletics and other clubs and other organizations who are not getting paid for those who also have to work. Mm-hmm. So that's another question to bring up. That and it, it does go back to how much, especially for CSU football, drives a lot of funding. Mm-hmm. Um, an, an interesting. Th- thought I was having about this is if certain schools are choosing to pay their athletes and certain schools aren't because it is it's not a mandate it's Mm -hmm. optional if a place like CSU if we started choosing to pay our athletes but a place like say CU did not wouldn't that mean we're going to end up probably getting better athletes 100 percent, and that's where it comes to the issue is it morally right Mm -hmm. for the balance of the game um, because then, although it may it's allow, like bribery. yeah, it is, it's exactly bribery. If not every, if it's not going to be a nation, a nationwide law, it can't just do states, mm-hmm. because then that gives an unfair advantage to those colleges. If only California schools could pay their athletes, guess where every athlete in the country is going to go? California right. schools. They're going to go to California schools because who wouldn't want to get paid to do what you love? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm going to pose this question to Anna in the the realm of rodeo here. Um, if you had the option, you you were this was last year. You were picking out what school you were going to go to for your future and your career. And you liked CSU's rodeo program a whole lot better than you like CU's. But CU is offering you, you know, uh, 10000 a semester. Yeah. I don't know if that's realistic or just not. Just say like a week. Let's say they'll give you a weekly salary. Let's they'll, say they do it like yeah, that. Yeah, they'll give you a weekly salary. They'll give you, you know, minimum wage for 20 hours a week. Which would you choose? Well, I mean, CSU is great and all, but obviously <laughs> I'd go take their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right. mean, rodeo's expensive. I bet football's expensive too, man. Mm-hmm. You got all the equipment. You got your sports medicine stuff. I would most Absolutely. certainly take that money, and I think it would most certainly make the game a lot more comp- competitive. Interesting. Could you expand on that last point? So if you get a whole bunch of people and you're like, hey, I'll give you ten grand a month you know, to come and rodeo for our team, well, I can guarantee you, me and a couple other buddies, we'd go take their money because, you know, it. like I said, it's expensive. And you're going to start getting all these people, you know, game's going to get expensive. And they're going to be like, well, shoot, I'm running out of money. I also want to go to school. This place is going to offer me a scholarship and pay me to rodeo. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to apply for it. And you're obviously mm-hmm. going to pick the top ones to rodeo for your school. And, and kind of branching off of that, um, I almost think if you're going to pay the athletes, take scholarships out of it, or at mm-hmm. least athletic scholarships. I'm not saying take academics out of it. You can still get academic scholarships. But sure. if you're going to pay your athletes, they don't maybe need this scholarship. Then, then it becomes less of um, 
uh, I don't know. That's Less a, of a sport and more of a job. Yeah, and, but that's what it is. In the it NFL, a it, it's a job. You're getting paid, you know, $10 million over the course of the next five years. To, to show p- up and work events. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah you're, you're showing up to training camp. You know, we looked at, in the news, Antonio Brown. He just decided, no, I'm not going to show up to camp. And he got fined for And that wasn't okay. It. Yeah, exactly. That didn't work out for him. Yeah. And, and so it's like, you know, we're paying we're paying these athletes to do their job. And, and every athlete at CSU, their job is to every Saturday, whether it's here or at another college, go play football. Well, whether they're not feeling good, they can't just say, Coach, you know what? I'm not feeling it today. They, they, they have to go. They have to go play. Well, because it is a job. But here's a question then. If we're, using, if we're using wages instead of scholarships, what about the students who can only make it here because they're on scholarships? But they're still getting paid. It's not that they're not getting that money. I think if you said in, in the budget of CSU, let's say you gave every student 10 grand a sem- or every athlete 10 grand a semester sure. um, in a scholarship form. If you took all that money and just turn it into like a and salary you, and you turn it into a salary, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't be the right move, but I think it'd also be better for the student or the it, athletes. It, it could potentially be better for the, for the athletes let, too because they would have some control over yeah, it. Yeah. Let me, let me say you're an athlete um, and you, uh, you know, let's say you get your 10 grand, so you pay your tuition and you get, let's say, four grand back from it. That's like the money you get in return. You get four grand in a lump sum. Are you going to spend that wisely? Are you going to budget it? Are you going to spend it all? That's kind of teaching uh, some responsibility. I mean, it depends on the person. Right, no, but let's say for the most of us, like me, I would spend it all. I would have Uh, no control. Okay, I'd have low control. I'd have some control. I'd I'd spend more of it than I planned on. But if you had a salary pay where they're getting paid weekly, that money just gets branched out already for them across the year. And then they have to learn how to budget 200 bucks every week, let's say. They have to learn how to budget that on gas, food, and it teaches life lessons as well. I mean, yeah, yeah if, if they do learn to budget it, you know. I mean, I feel like they'd have to. They, they w- Well, yeah, that's true. And, you know, if you can't afford to... The rest of us have had to learn to, you know, live on a very low salary. and That's true. (laughs) It it, it comes with growing up as well. No, that's uh, that's 100% true. Well, Uh, one thing I wanted to question, too, is would would this be less controversial if it was instead of paying them, it was just covering their dues? Okay, expand on dues so then I know where you're coming from. Let's Room, say board, food. Let's say like yeah, that, right? in this world, no, not that. So let's say in this world, they get their scholarship, their athletic uh-huh. scholarship, and this new law just allows it that your dues for football are covered. You don't have to pay for your equipment. You don't have to pay for travel, whatever. I don't know if that's already how it works, but I know that was brought up as football's expensive. So I don't know if that's already how they're being I, I would say paid, quote unquote, or m- if. If I had to guess, I don't know, but from what I've seen and, you know, I've heard the coaches talk about travels and stuff like that, normally it's covered by the school. The athlete, the football department has a travel budget. The rodeo department has a travel budget. Mm-hmm. We here at KCSU in the sportsman, we have a travel budget. Just much smaller. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but either way, and then all that money comes out of travel. So... I wouldn't necessarily say you'd have to pay for that. That's already covered. You right. could say maybe um, each player gets a hundred bucks as like a uh, per diem when you go to an away uh, an away mm-hmm. uh, college, and, and then that's like a hundred bucks for the week. Or when you're at home, you get paid you know a hundred bucks. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Personally, yeah. I don't like it. I, I think that it should just stay the way it is. Well, but I'm still advocating for it because why not? Let's the have other some thing discussion. I'm questioning is why. So football, yes, is our biggest investor however our second biggest money bringer sports i don't know how to say it but you know what i mean would be volleyball and this is not a question that's being posed to our volleyball team which is questionably better than our football team just Mm -hmm. in win ratio oh i could talk all day about how well our volleyball team has been doing i was listening to you that it was pretty great but 
And that's, I guess, the question. Is it going to be equal for everyone? Because if you're telling me that all call or the colleges say, all right, any D1 or, excuse me, any sports team we have under our organization, they will get paid. Then I'm 100% for it. But if it becomes where only, you know, football and basketball mm -hmm. and probably volleyball, I think that that's popular enough. Those are the only sports to get paid. Then I don't like it. Cross country, track, um, baseball, soccer, they all deserve pay too. Because then why would you do the sport you like? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you just, why wouldn't a soccer player just be a they kicker could go for kick. a football player? Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. They, it could go, and that's what you see from you soccer some players. Pretty, pretty great football kickers. Yeah, that. I mean, that's that's what most <laughs> kickers are. You look at it, especially in high school and stuff, it's just a kid from the soccer team that the coach went, hey, we would love <laughs> to have you, and it's the same thing. Makes sense. So, so oh, I think ahead. we got to wrap this oh, one well, up. Actually, I wanted I to bring wanna. it I, was, I wanted to bring it back because we didn't actually argue the other side of it that thank much. Thank you. This is what I've been wanting to argue. Right. Okay, so okay. the other side is that, um, so actually, um, Senator Owens Hill argued. I love um, that one of the senators' name is Jeff Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he argued that this is a top priority for them. The NCAA thinks they can control their athletes, and I think the athletes should be able to control their own destinies. So right what now. What I guess I'm confused at what he's saying. So right now, he kind of feels like the NCAA is controlling their athletes, I feel like. Is he saying it in a negative or a positive way? A negative way. So he <laughs> thinks the NCAA is basically dictating where athletes can go. And, and where their money goes. Right. And so this the, the claim with this is it gives them, like we were saying earlier, more control over their money okay so what if what if we proposed it a different way let's say instead of it being a statewide where the colleges choose what if they made the ncaa came out and, and so instead of us trying to get statewide what if we just push for the ncaa to say that all all students should be paid because that's what it should be at the end mm -hmm. of the day because then you have everything from d1 through d3 covered that does seem much more effective than going state by state yeah. state by state is going to cause the issue of people traveling to schools for the incentive of money it's not going to do anything. It's going to actually probably make the problem worse, and no one's going to ever want to change it unless it's all at once or none. So quick fact about the California's uh, Fair, pay, Fair Pay to Play Act, uh, which is the name. The good name. name. This, I really like right? that. That's a yeah. good name. Catchy. And uh, I don't think Colorado's has a date that's going into effect yet, but California's won't be going into effect until beginning of 2023. So there is time for the NCAA. Well, they have to. But yeah, yeah. But there, there is time for the NCAA to change their stance. On but they this. won't if only one state goes. Well, but now it's two. Well, the okay, other there's th there's forty or at least twenty three more that need yeah, to be. But you, you see what I'm saying? It yeah, could, it could happen. There's time. I think it's going to be a lot like the uh, you know legal marijuana discussion. Right. It, it kind of started in one state and it spreads. Well, and people said it would be done by now, and it's definitely but, not. But is, is that is that truly the route that? you'd want to take it, it no it, so, yeah I, I, want, I want to pose a question to each three of you all right if if you you none of us are athletes in this room correct like in terms of uh, oh yeah, sorry sorry uh <laughs> my point let me rephrase that none of us are getting um scholarships none of us, none of us play paid. football basketball volleyball so we don't have any I bias a scholarship there for marching man there you go <laughs> but as students here at csu right. would you be okay knowing that the football players the basketball players and the volleyball players are getting paid while maybe other sports aren't to be so, honest no the thing i wanted to bring up before we wrap this up is that these are dangerous sports and that's kind of what she brought up like yeah. it's not necessary you don't have to be in it however and like how to explain it so i got you you, you can get career ending yeah. injuries oh. while playing these college games take for instance our um quarterback our Colin quarterback mm -hmm. yeah got 
his third torn ACL, he got out of the game, and he will probably never play football again, and that sucks. He suffered two ACL injuries, forced the issue while repping those team colors, and that's that's the side of, from the athlete's point of view, yeah. I would like to be able to, if I put in three years, four years in a college. And had to end your career. Yeah, and and for Colin Hill, you know, that's probably it. Uh, Another perfect example, uh, Kinsey Jr., he separated his shoulder a couple games ago. He has to play through these kind of injuries. Mm -hmm. Does he not deserve money for when it's going to come due where he has to get that fixed? Mm -hmm. I, as personally, I've had to get, uh, you know, I've had injuries in football and I've had to have them repaired. It's not a cheap thing to do, especially the more damage you put in it, the more you play, the worse it is. So I think we've, we've hit a bunch of different sides of this discussion. I'd like to answer your question, Dixon. I'd like us all to answer your question. I'd like you to answer it. And I think we're going to move on. Okay. Um, But in answer to your question, you posed, do I think that it's fair for certain for, you know, basketball, we'll football, say all, we'll and say all sports for all sports. Mm, if all sports are getting paid as a student, are you okay with knowing that all sports are getting paid as a student? I'm fine with that. I get, paid cause that's where your money would full go to transparency. I get paid to do this. Do I think that a sports player is probably more deserving of money than me? <laughs> yeah. A little, okay. You know, I'm not putting myself at risk for life and limb. If it were just like you originally said, football, basketball, and volleyball, however, I'd say no. Yeah, I agree. I think if it's an overall, every athlete at every college gets money, whether depending on how much money it is, is different. Because mm-hmm. if know we're being you, honest, different yeah, sports are going to make different revenues. Or different but, levels of engagement. Right, yeah. So I think if every sport is getting some compensation for their time and their efforts, I would be fine with that. However, echoing what Max and what we've already talked about, if it's just football, then it's like, well, what's mm-hmm. the point? Yep. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's pretty unfair. I mean, we all sign up for the game, whether it's injury-wise or money-wise. You pretty much know what you're signing up for, and if you're going to pay one team, sure, you better pay the other one because we're just as much of a risk as you are. You may tear your ACL. I may be thrown into a fence and have a huge concussion, crack my head open, Lord knows what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's a great point. And, and I kind of wrap it up, you know, as an athlete going through sports in high school and stuff, if I wouldn't know, if I, you know, let's say I'm in high school as a freshman and I know that instead of it just being the NFL, the only ones that make it, because as a kid I knew, I was like, you know what, it's probably not, I'm never going to make the NFL playing sports. Mm-hmm. And so I never thought about money. But if I thought that there was a chance that I could go to a D3, D2 college and, right. and get, and you know, you paid to keep playing the sport I love, I would have probably put, you know, two. 200 more percent into high school sports yeah, just because yeah. I knew that there actually is a viable um, out of high school um, you know option for my sport that isn't the pro level so I'm all for it as long as it's equal for everyone because then it's just biased. As as it can be, I think that's an excellent point I yeah. think you could really motivate young people I think that's awesome yeah. we're going to take a quick break but when we come back from the break we're going to have Dixon with his sports cast yeah. we're going to have Ren with the local news and we will wrap things up since we started a little late today we're finishing a little late but because we can do that we can do that exactly so uh we'll be right back on 90.5 casey's welcome back to the rocky mountain review i'm your host ren wattsworth and I'm Maximus Hunter. We're joined in studio today by our sports dude, Dixon Lawson. Thank you very much, sports dude. <laughs> once you got you, me. Once you regain your composure, uh, we'd love to hear your sports cast, sports <clears throat> dude. Uh, well, thank you, Max. No problem. Um, so, you know, unlike Tuesday, I'm not going to give like a brief recap of the. <laughs> 
brief recap of the week. Uh, I just want to talk about Tuesday. So the volleyball team, they traveled up to Wyoming. Um, you know, if you got to listen to it here on KCSU FM, you know, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, it was a great game from both sides. I want to give a huge shout out to Wyoming. They came to play. Um, you know, they're playing the number 16 ranked team in the nation. Uh, and, and they definitely took CSU by surprise in the first set. Um, you know, definitely punched him in the mouth. We were outblocked seven to one in the first set, which for CSU, that never happens. We're never outblocked, we're never outkilled, and we were outplayed in the first. Uh, second set, CSU definitely played a lot better, came back, but then it was just back and forth the entire game. Neither team truly had you know, control of the momentum up until the fifth set. Then CSU really came in, got the win. Um, you know, we talked to Coach Hilbert after the game as well as. Brianna Reynolds, who set a new um, in the uh, in like the new scoring era, she set a new new record for the school uh, for most kills. Um, I believe it was in a game, which she had twenty nine. Wow! Uh, which that's it's a ridiculous number. She played great. We got to talk to her afterwards. She was super excited. She was super like hyped on the team. Um, awesome. I think they're definitely going places this year. And as a team, the locker room they they know what they can do, and they have nothing less than a championship on their minds. So. You know, if you ever have a chance to go watch this volleyball team, it may be one of those teams that you'll never see again. This may be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for CSU. Well, I've never been so hyped as I've been in a volleyball game. Oh. The chance, everyone's so involved. It's you know, so and, much fun. And so that's the thing. If we can get a Moby Arena packed for every home game, I can almost guarantee that this volleyball team can take and not drop another game for the rest of the year. Yeah. I'll they, go to the next yeah, game. Yeah, it really is. They, Crowd involvement. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and the same thing at football games, you know, and, and I don't want to kind of be that guy, but <laughs> I, I, you know, have the chance to go sit in the press boxes, and it sucks to watch the stadium deplete yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's been like, happening. And, and, you know, that and happens I, I even get if it. we're winning. No, no, it, yeah, that's the thing. We could be blowing someone out, which as a school, this is your time. You get to say whatever you want. You get to be as loud as you want, and there's yeah. no repercussion because you can't lose at that point. Maybe we're just selling too much beer in the new stadium. You know, I don't know. And I think that is part of it. You know, they do cut off at half. And so I get it. You'd rather go to the bar and watch a game. I don't know if it's raining. I get that. But if nothing else, like we were talking about in a roundtable discussion, if we're not going to pay the athletes, support them with your cheers. What mm -hmm. else do you have to do on a Saturday? You know, especially if it's a Saturday night, we have our homecoming game this weekend. I don't know, dude. I got lots of McDonald's to eat sometimes. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> Bring it to the game. exactly. You know what you could do? <laughs> Hear me out on this. You walk over to McDonald's, get yourself some food to go, eat it on the way over. You throw it away in a recycling bin. Whoa. All right. And then you go to the game. friendly too. Yeah. Like. Um, but, you know, if you're looking to maybe catch it to this home or make it to the homecoming game, you want to go out and support, KCSU's got you covered. This weekend on Saturday, we're going to be having a pregame show and we're going to be giving away porch passes to the football game. The porch passes are located in the north end zone. I have great seats. I've been able to walk by them when I, you know, I think, um, Ren, you could agree. Mm -hmm. Great seats. I would sit there. I'm not yeah. I didn't to have to sit that, right I? next to um, them. You know what? Noah, we're, we're, you know, we want to get the community involved first, but, uh, you know. Drat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are other, really cool, though. Yeah. Other than that, though, we're also going to be having a bunch of other giveaways and stuff like that. So be sure to tune in Saturday as well as the volleyball team. They're traveling down to Air Force. We're going to oh. be having that game. Our own Nick Baker. You guys know Nick Baker, Nick right? Nick Baker? Yeah, the Nick Baker of the Spicy Nick Baker Show. Spicy with sports. <laughs> Nick Baker. That never came out, so we can't reference it. Oh, I hear the thing no. on the air all yeah. the time, though. Yeah. It never came out. Anyway, um, okay. don't want to talk about it. For sure. Uh, anyway, he's going to be covering all the game down in Air Force, so be sure to tune in roughly around 1 p.m. 
on Saturday. And then that night, we're going to be having the pregame show as well as the football game, homecoming game. Whoop, whoop. I think that's a wrap for all my sports. I don't. I think that was fantastic. Yeah. I, I tried to free live it. And that's all I got. No, you were you were wonderful. Thank what you. What can I do? And uh, I think we've got a really exciting sports week coming yeah, up. Yeah, so. definitely. Homecoming week, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm Ask glad we got a chance to talk dance, about it today. Right? Mm-hmm. Ask, man. I just like making that joke because we don't do it. We don't, we don't do that. But if we did, thank, thank God. All I'm right. glad we don't do that. Well, we wanted to thank you one more time, Dixon, for coming oh, in. We're going to take another short break. But after that, we're going to do local news. And then we're going to wrap it up with nationals and weather. We're ending a little bit late today, but we also started a little bit late. So stay tuned for all that. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And I'm Maxwell's Hunter. We just heard from our awesome sports reporter, Dixon Lawson, about homecoming weekend. And now we're broadening our scope a little bit. Ren's got some local news. Indeed I do. So Fort Collins City Council is urging Donald Trump and Congress to take action against the inhumane treatment of immigrants at the southern border, according to J.C. Marmaduke of the Coloradoan. Council members called for a resolution on Tuesday, the first that calls for federal action. The resolution attempts to unify families and create a substantial path for immigration through the United States. City Council listened to local immigrants' concerns and included them in the resolution. The re- resolution states, one, states that council want states that council want to foster a community that is welcoming to people lawfully seeking asylum in the U.S. and wants residents to feel secure in their homes. Two, encourages all residents to report crimes, come forward as victims and witnesses of crimes, and participate in the 2020 census regardless of their race, ethnicity, national origin, or immigration status. Three, calls on Trump, his administration, and Congress to act independently immediately to prevent inhumane treatment of people, especially children, at the southern border and implores the administration to quickly reunify immigrant families through whatever means reasonably possible. Urges the president to... the president and Congress to create a substantial pathway for immigration, especially for people who fear for their lives or their safety. Five, directs the city manager to include measures consistent with the resolution in the city's legislative policy agenda, which the Legislative Review Committee is expected to review before the end of the year. And six, directs council members taking part in upcoming meetings with Colorado's congressional delegation to urge them to take action on the issues noted in the resolution. Council members believe the resolution reflects issues that have had a significant impact on thousands of Fort Collins residents. As of 2016, Pew Research estimates that a few thousand people living in Fort Collins entered the United States illegally, and over 6% of Fort Collins' population were born outside of the U.S. Mayor Pro Tem Kristen Stevens said, We tried to make it as much as possible about how national policy is affecting people right here in our community. Efforts to address the immigration issues at a federal level haven't necessarily gone anywhere, and we'll and we still find ourselves in the crisis of this situation, and people are still feeling fearful. According to the Colorado State Forest Service, the emerald ash borer has been detected in Larimer County. The emerald ash borer is a destructive, invasive pest that has the ability to substantially damage ash species of trees, which is roughly about 15% of urban and community trees in Colorado. The detection of these beetles represent the first ever in Larimer County and the third in Colorado outside of a federal quarantine in less than two months. The quarantine, which which primarily encompasses Boulder County, was established six years ago in an effort to prevent or slow the insect spread via the movement of Nersh Ashery stock. The Colorado Department of Agriculture and USD Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service are now preparing to repel it at the end of the year with a formal process beginning at the month. 
the Geezer of Oz, a dementia slash Alzheimer's benefit play will be performed in Fort Collins. The benefit show will open tonight, the 3rd of October, at the Lincoln Center's Magnolia Theater. Annette Winkler-Reisel wrote the show shortly after her father passed in 2010 from dementia. She was inspired to write a play that, could la that people could laugh at and enjoy, but that also addresses issues pertaining to dementia and their management in her father's honor. The parody of The Wizard of Oz features characters such as Dorothy Frail, the geezer, but witch Hazel, in addition to traditional travelers of the Yellow Brick Road. The show is set 60 years after the original production when the beloved characters must face their own mortality as they deal with the struggles of aging. Dorothy is desperate to run to run their to her assisted living home. The scarecrow has memory problems and the Tin Woman is perpetually achy, and the geezer has osteoporosis. Still, they must come together again to achieve their goals. I don't think anybody can go to this show and not think it's funny. It's truly very funny. The lyrics are funny. The acting is over the top. I think people will truly enjoy, enjoy it, marketing and program director Terry Gordy said. All proceeds from the, pro the performances go to benefit dementia-friendly communities of northern Colorado and the Alzheimer's Association. For more information on the play, you can visit lctix.com or call 221-6730. Again, that's lctix.com or call 221-6730. Moving on to the band, Jimmy Eat the World will be coming to Fort Collins at the beginning of November. According to the Coloradoan, the band will be visiting FOCO during its la latest survival tour. The band will perform at the Washington's 123 Laporte Avenue, November 2nd. Doors open at 6 p.m. with the show starting at 7. The band is touring behind its 10th studio album, Surviving, and is focusing on smaller, intimate venues like Washington's. The tour on October 6th. The tour started on October 6th in Phoenix. If you're interested in purchasing tickets or you would like more information, you can find it at WashingtonFoco.com. Once again, that's WashingtonFoco.com. It's right down the street from my house. Maybe wow. I'll go see them. That's pretty cool. If you're listening, whoa, <laughs> they're a good band. <laughs> All right, we're going to speed right on through, yes. and we're going to hit Nationals next. What day is it today, Ren? Today, let's see if I can remember... October 3rd. Well, uh, yes, but like what, okay. what day? More broad. National day more is broad. it today? Okay. Today is National Techies Day. Today encourages students to consider a career in technology. With the technical field growing at such a rapid rate, Many jobs are opening up, and students choosing the career will have many opportunities for them. National Techie Day also falls within National Cybersecurity Month. Now, both Max and I are a liberal arts major, but I am interested. Max, if you were to go into a STEM major, what major would you go into? It's actually a great question. I used to be a STEM major. Ooh. I was in zoology. Oh, and very I'm just cool. not very good at chemistry. Well, there out. you go. He had that answer ready. Uh, it's because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have gone into entomology, interestingly enough. Oh, cool. Yeah, That's which is fun. the study of bugs. Creepy crawlies. All right. October 3rd is also National Boyfriend Day, and that recognizes that special someone in your life. Whether the relationship is new or old, this day reminds you to give thanks for the men in your life who make it a little extra special with everything they do. It's National Taco Day. Uh, yes, I love tacos. <laughs> I love tacos so much. I love tacos with pork. I love tacos with chicken. I love tacos with beef. Uh, I think tacos are the best when they're just like a little bit 
of cilantro, a little bit of onions, meat in a soft tortilla. You put some lime on top and some <laughs> green salsa on that. Do you like hard tacos or soft tacos better? Soft tacos. Mm. That's that's not even a, a question. But everyone has a different opinion on tacos. So if you want to send us your opinion on tacos, uh, send it to us real quick before the show's over. And we'll make sure to spotlight how you like <laughs> tacos because it is National Taco Day. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually going to take this next one because it references. No, you're not. My, no, I you're not. I wrote, no, it, you cannot. No, can I put, take the part I wrote? That's my favorite TV show ever. So I wrote this. So I'm going to. I wrote the second part. <laughs> he didn't even know this was the day. Yes, I did. I saw a bunch of memes this morning. <laughs> but he didn't know. So yes, in I the did. pop culture world, it is unofficially both mean girls day and full I, metal alchemist no. day <laughs> i'll let you tell why it's full Al metal alchemist day thank you <laughs> so it uh so in mean girls katie asks aaron what day it is on october 3rd and she says it's october 3rd so it just a little 3rd. little easter egg and ha and in, in full metal alchemist october 3rd is the day that ed and al burned down the childhood house they grew up in symbolizing how they have nowhere to return to until ed finds a way to get al his body back after they tried to resurrect his mother through the power of alchemy spoilers that's like the first <laughs> it's episode the first episode but still okay. anyway but he carries it around on his pocket watch correct through, yes in here well, it's, it's sealed in his alchemist pocket watch which he got when he became a state alchemist right. which is they're called the dogs of the military uh they're alchemists who have been enlisted by the government to help fight in wars if you've never seen full metal alchemist brotherhood check it out not the original brotherhood uh, anyway that's rant i'm over. not a i'm not a big anime person but i, I do i do love that series it is really well written and the animation's very cool and it's it's moving all right okay <laughs> unfortunately we, we are... have to end the nationals but we do have one more thing for you <gasps> is it what i think it is it may be oh my gosh i think i, I need to roll? give you a drum roll I to remind you, you. Too. i can't remember it's time for the weather we are kicking off homecoming weekend, y'all. Friday will be bright and sunny. Won't be too hot, though. The high for Friday is only going to be 75, which honestly, compared to the last few days, is pretty warm. Moving on to Saturday and game day weekend. The temperatures are going to drop 10 degrees to 65 degrees. That's down from 75. The temperatures keep dropping on Sunday to 61 degrees, but the sun will be out all day. Monday, temperatures rise again to 72 and keep on rising Tuesday back to a high of 75 the sun is going to be out and about all weekend and if you are wondering those moderate moderate temperatures and clear skies are here to stay for another week but to find out if that's really true you'll have to tune in next tuesday all right well that unfortunately ends our show oh well we just wanted to thank everyone who is involved including uh, Damien Castile, who makes the music that it will be playing right now. That's the music. Thank you, Damien. We'd also really like to thank Anna for coming in and talking to us about the rodeo. Um, We'd also like to thank Dixon Lawson for coming in on his day off to talk a little bit about sports and uh, be involved in that roundtable with us. Absolutely. And we've, of course, like to thank Julia Badalese, Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Wack, Hunter Sinclair, and Asha Korn, as well as the rest of the staff here at KCSU. We really couldn't do it without you. And uh, actually, uh, right after we're done, we're having a live in-studio performance with Lady Denim. Yeah, That's so we have to thank them. We have to thank them. That's going to be starting at 6 if people are interested in checking that out. That's Lady Denim. And of course, I have to thank my co-host, Maximus Hunter. That's I could not do it without him. He keeps me on track, keeps me pushing myself and making this show better for every single run. And I've got to thank Ren Wadsworth. 
for uh, keeping me on track and also uh, texting me so I don't forget <laughs> like half the show. Uh, you're the best. Aww. And of course, we have to thank you. Dear listener, we couldn't do this without you. Yeah. Thank you so much, honestly, for listening uh, and interacting and texting us and just... Uh, we really appreciate it. We have an awesome audience, and we couldn't do it without you. I mean, obviously, we'd just be talking to the air. So uh, thank you, and you know what? We'll, we'll see, see you, you next time. time.